This podcast is created for farmers and powered by Pioneer Agronomy to bring you agronomic insights and proven solutions to fuel forward-thinking farming. All right, welcome to the Pioneer Agronomy podcast, where we keep you one step ahead of local agronomy issues throughout Illinois. We're going to kick off this episode with our crop updates across the state. Hi, everyone. I'm Jason McVicker, Pioneer Field Agronomist, working with Pioneer reps and growers along the I-80 corridor from the Quad Cities to Chicagoland. I want to give you a quick update on what conditions look like here in northern Illinois. But before I do, I'll give you a little background on myself. Before joining the company in 2010, I spent about 15 years in ag retail serving farmers in northern Iowa. I've enjoyed working with farmers from different regions and enhancing production levels along the way. As for the status of our geography, we ended the fall a little on the dry side, but a relatively mild winter with precip recharged most of our soils and has put us in a great spot as we get closer to spring planting. There has been minimal field work done to date, but that soon will change as the temperatures rise. As many spring seasons do, I anticipate this one will come upon us very quickly. Just remember that before conducting any field work in your fields, please make sure that it's fit. A dry surface could be hiding muck below. As always, stay safe as we progress through the spring season. Thank you. Hello, this is Emily Huber, Pioneer Field Agronomist in West Central Illinois. I cover the territory between Galesburg and Peoria along I-74. This will be my fifth year back in this geography as the field agronomist. Prior to that, I was a production agronomist advising our growers on uh, corn and soybean production practices in a couple of different locations throughout the state. Uh, I grew up here in rural Knox County, and my husband's from Peoria County, so it's great to be back near family, especially since we have a young family with three young kids ourselves. Uh, One of the things we really enjoy doing with our kids this spring and summer is having a garden and so we were able to get our tomato plants started here recently and have kicked off those activities for the year and it just gets me excited for spring and looking forward into April as we can get into the field and uh, springtime is is my favorite time of the year. There's a lot of hope and expectation set for the growing year. As I look at when planting will start for us here in my geography it looks like it's going to be a little bit of a slower start to April potentially. What I see as I look forward at the forecast is some cool and wet conditions. And so unless we get some sunshine here with a couple of days, I do not see us having much of a start on field activities prior to Easter weekend this year. So um, in the past couple of seasons, we've had a small window the beginning of April to potentially plant some really early April beans. uh, But I'm not sure that that is in the cards for us this year, but still plenty of time left on the calendar to get started Uh, April is just now starting, and so I just want to wish everyone a happy and safe planting season as we get things going this year. We'll just take a second here to reintroduce myself. Um, Matt Montgomery, field agronomist in West Central Central Illinois, um, with an update from my part of the world. Um, Talk to my colleague, Dave Kane, who will be giving some of these reports as well in the future. And honestly, not a lot happening on the planning front in our part of the world There are rumors of maybe a field or two planted. I think I need to qualify that just a little bit because if you drove through the area right now, you wouldn't see anything. So these are extreme outliers, Um, not really the situation um, here as we're getting ready to roll into April 1. 
so not a lot going on planning wise there's been some anhydrous put on but again i think one of the biggest stories that we've run into in this part of the world is some unexpected rainfall on tuesday and then the forecast is for a pretty good shower to come through on friday that'll put us on hold for a while on getting into the field and so i i do think um, some other people have made the comment that post-easter might might be when we see things really start rolling i wouldn't be surprised if that's the the case here as well that's really kind of the story from our part of the world um, people feeling under a time crunch just a little bit a lot of things to get done in a real short period of time and we'll see how things keep going hello my name is paul yoder i'm a field agronomist for pioneer in south central illinois and it is truly an honor and a blessing to be part of this podcast today uh, the territory that I cover, if you will, is basically south of Champaign over to Sullivan, Illinois, south to Effingham, and then east to Terre Haute, Indiana, and then back up north again to I-74. So that would be kind of the square, the geographical area that I represent. I grew up on a family farm, grain livestock uh, over around uh, Springfield, Illinois, and um, was able to work ag retail after college. Um, for about 11 years and then came to work for Pioneer as a territory manager and have been a field agronomist for the last four or so years. Um, basically, the the year has been fairly mild. The winter has been fairly mild. We were able to get, you know, a lot of the tillage work and so forth done last fall. So we were blessed from that standpoint. Uh, we've been getting a lot of rain, but the grass is definitely greening up and it's just a matter of time uh, before the, the tractors will start to roll. Hasn't really been a lot of activity. Um, like I say, it's been pretty wet. Um, next week, the forecast looks like the temperature is definitely starting to be in the mid 60s. Nighttime temperatures in the in the high 40s, low 50s with wind. And for those of you in Illinois, um, when the sun comes out, you can kind of feel that spring heat radiating off of it. And if we get the 30, 40 mile an hour winds, boy, this soil just doesn't take long to dry it up. So anyway, thank you and looking forward to um, visiting with you all in the future. This is Pioneer Field Agronomist Scott Everskirt with an agronomy update from Southern Illinois. The last couple of weeks, we have had a few little pockets that we're able to run a little bit, a little anhydrous on here and there, a little bit of field work done, but overall not a lot. And then last week came with most of Southern Illinois getting anywhere from two to five inches of rain. So things are pretty soggy right now and uh, don't expect to get a lot done here in the, the very near future. The wheat crop has progressed along very well. Uh, most fields now have at least uh, half of the nitrogen on with a lot of fields now having all the nitrogen on. Kind of in that stage right now, we need to be spraying herbicides as well as any growth regulators that are going to getting applied. So we're kind of in crunch time for that. You know, the wheat's growing fairly quickly. Really, our growth regulators go off label around FIX 7, FIX 8. And then, of course, any of our herbicides are going to go off label once the flag leaf emerges. So, kind of in a time crunch to get that done over the next couple of weeks and then uh, get to the field whenever we can. But right now, pretty soggy across southern Illinois. In this podcast, we are going to be discussing planting windows in really that early planting timing. And we have coined the episode title of The Difference Between Early and Stupid. So to kick that off, really want to go around who is on this podcast. So representing Northern Illinois, it is Crystal Williams, field agronomist. 
I'm Brad Mason. I'll be representing Western Illinois. I'm Cody Pettit, representing Eastern Illinois. Matt McGemory, West Central Central. And Scott Everstard, Southern Illinois. So, Brad, since you coined this term, early versus stupid, I want to hand it off to you to kind of really kick this episode off. <laughs> They're talking to Brad. We just want to make that keep clear. Any edit. <laughs> Do you think? I feel the bump, all the bus tires hit me on the way. Uh, no, I, I the, the reason I jokingly have told customers that, told reps that, uh, you know, is because we, we've seen the added benefits of planting soybeans early. You know, it, not that long ago, we were at the stage, I remember back in the 2010 through 2012, there was times on our family farm where we planted corn and then it got to like April 20th and we were like, hey, let's go park the corn planter and go cut our first cutting of hay because it's too early to plant beans. And, and that very quickly morphed to, we need to be planting our beans earlier into April and because there is an advantage to that. And the reason I jokingly say there's a difference between early and stupid is because we start to address that and we start to push it sooner and earlier and earlier. And then we start having people, you know, jokingly try, you know, hey, let's try February. Let's try November. We've heard some of those. And, you know, there there still is a cutoff for a, a timely planting of soybeans. And there's still a, you know, soil condition that needs to be factored in when making that first pass of planting soybeans. So let's start there. What is um, and we have to consider also that we are having listeners across the entire state of Illinois or potentially outside of the state. So um, let's start at the South. Um, Scott, if you want to share what is, if we're talking early planting, what date range, if you had to assume that people kind of come to mind in that area. And then at the end, we can talk about, you know, what conditions we're really looking at. So for us, we talk early. Um, kind of our, kind of where we've come to is we're talking late April. Is is kind of our early period, right? And I guess, and again, conditions can change to that. I mean, we've all seen a year that on April 10th, you're 75 degrees, warm, soils are dry, you know. And if the conditions are perfect, there's nothing wrong with April 10th. We've also seen a lot of April 30ths that are 55 degrees, cold and wet. So again, you know, we can't get so hung up on the calendar that we forget about conditions. It's still conditions. But if we look at all the data for Southern Illinois and kind of how it all pulls together, really the first week of May can still be considered early for Southern Illinois. Now, as we get into latter May, you know, the second half of May, that's where we kind of see that thing switch over to what we would call our traditionally more later beans, late beans, late planting, so to speak. And definitely as we did June 1, we call that a late planting. Um, but probably the first week of May, up to maybe the 7th to 10th of May, we would consider that an early planting. And really, as you look at that, you know, phenologically, as a soybean grows physiologically, and, and we see the, you know, based on the June 21st solst summer solstice and all that, if we can get planted by May, first week of May, May 10th, we're hitting that June 21 in pretty good shape. So that, that's kind of how we've arrived at that date along with the last three, four years showing us uh, that, that that fits out pretty well from a yield perspective. The only caveat to that in, in good old Southern Illinois is we got some guys planting group twos. You know, and we pull those all the way into Illinois, Southern parts of Illinois that are, are uh, south of Kentucky. We'll figure that one out, but uh, it's pretty <laughs> far south. 
But, you know, the thing we know about our group twos pulling them south is you've got to plant them early. You know, and we'll say, those, those are April beans. they got to be on good dirt. And if you do that, uh, you, you can cut uh, 65, 70 bushel beans last week, August, um, you know, in parts of southern Illinois where that's working. So, so that's a little caveat to that. But again, as a general rule, May 7th, 10th, first week of May is kind of our cutoff early to late. Yeah, and I guess for West Central, as we work our way up north, West Central, Central, I, you know, I, I think if you hit that mid-April period, we talk about that being, being a pretty early period for most of us. I think there's another layer to this, and that is that we may even hit plus or minus that. You guys have seen this over the past few years. By the time temperatures come along, soil temps, right? We'll have stuff basically all popping up that last week of April, first week of um, even for some of the early planted stuff. So I'd say that mid-April period might be kind of the early end for us with that uh, May period where you actually see a lot of stuff poking out of the ground. So I don't know if that describes the situation in my part of the world well for you guys, but that's that's kind of my quick take on describing what I would consider early. Yeah, it's it's not very common as you move north earlier actually is earlier. I mean, I I I argue with my guys and a lot of people that I talk to. I I I avoid the single digits of April. And that's about it. Uh after April 10th, I I start to watch the forecast. I start to make those decisions based on GDUs and things like that because we can't frost off still. So really anything April 15th on uh the the gloves kind of come off and we kind of open her up. About you, yeah, it's interesting to hear that even Scott, as far south as he is, to talk about kind of what he considers early. Because honestly, even where I line up, you know, my area just south of Chicago, all the way down to really Route 9 um, into McLean County, it's very, very similar. Um, in, in my mind, what I've come to find the past couple of years, it seems like that cutoff is right around April 15th. And um, Anything before that is not adding yield, it's just adding risk. So in the past couple of years when we've been um, experimenting with earlier planted soybeans, every single year I'm walking a soybean field and evaluating replant, uh, whether that's frost um, or um, just whatever it is. Every single year, I, I've in the past three years that we've been doing this, I've seen it, um, it's going to continue, but Yes, we do see an advantage, but there is a fine line there. And in my mind, it's that April 15th, April 20th timeframe. But on that, on that case, as far as, you know, what we consider early, I still think all the way up to May 10th, you, you can still consider those early soybeans in, in my geography. And we have a little bit of a lake effect that, that we see um, in Will County, just kind of um, with Lake Michigan there, that it does change. It's kind of like a microenvironment, really. So it's kind of uh, backfired on me by teeing up Scott first. Obviously, I didn't understand that they their term of early is actually later than what our planting window is here up in northern Illinois. I thought you guys had warmer weather way earlier on. So um, clearly, I don't get out of northern Illinois enough, but um, I'm pretty well... I'm pretty well aligned with um, Cody and Brad in the essence of early planted soybeans for Northern Illinois is typically um, the April 15th, April 20th timeframe. Um, really, I think my biggest conversation with growers is um, ideally look at those trends in weather in the next seven to 10 day outlook and see warming trends, continue to see that temperature 
warm up. Um, we often, without a doubt, we always end up, um, knock on wood, end up with a snowfall event sometimes around Easter, um, but trying to continue to see some of that warming effect. And actually, I did a little bit of a planting date study. I know Cody mentioned some yield differences. In, in northern Illinois, we did not get in early for soybeans, and a lot of our plots that we planted for our sales reps were planted May 2nd and beyond. And that was our early window last year. But um, I actually did a little regression line on our soybean yield by planting date. And on May 2nd, you started off with a optimal um, yield based on that season for 2022 at 79 bushels. And we lost about 0.6 of a bushel per day. Um, the rule of thumb is about a half a bushel once you get into May, um, according to um, some of our soybean breeders. So I'm really trying to capture that window and many of the um, farmers that I'm working with, if they do have two different planters, often what I'm recommending is try to have one set up on corn and one set up on beans. And when it's, you know, good time to be planting your corn, go ahead and be running with your beans as well. Yeah, I think I think everybody's chasing yield. I mean, if, if we're all sitting here looking at each other, that's that's the reason why people are trying to plant earlier is because we've seen that added benefit of where we, as we get to the middle into May, we start to lose yield typically. Uh, and so it, it is interesting to see that. And one of the things I like to talk about a lot is, is how does that yield show up? It's not just because, hey, you threw it in the ground. You know, Scott mentioned earlier that summer solstice of that June 21st. And, you know, I, I always like to take people out in the fields, especially on an early planted soybean field at the beginning of June. And the reason I like to do that is because we've always wrapped our heads around the fact that on June 21st, my soybeans are gonna start flowering. And that day, from there on out, that soybean plant is working on adding yield. But one thing that's interesting, and we start to see this with a lot of varieties, is if you plant earlier, you're getting more GDUs, and that flowering trigger is actually a lot more like corn than we knew. You know, you'll typically see those flowers start to show up, depending on variety, around 800 GDUs. So depending on how your April, May go, I've seen beans flowering as early as June 5th or June 1st in some part of my geography. So when you start doing that math and you say, hey, I wasn't supposed to start focusing on yield till the 21st and I added it on the 5th, that's 16 extra days that that plant is focusing on pod growth, pod development, and ultimately yield because they aren't focused, you know, I mean, they're not like corn. The, the second that flower shows up, it's not done growing. They're going to keep adding those things, and you effectively added two weeks extra of yield production. I wondered if we should take just a second to go around the table because we've got quite a bit of geography represented in the state of Illinois. Crystal had mentioned like better than a half bushel a day, right? Maybe we should go around and talk about what our own individual data seems to say about our parts of the world. I'm thinking about, again, we always have these side conversations before we begin. And Scott making some interesting comments about how the world works down in his area. But Crystal, you said what again you feel like about how much per bushel per day when you do the regression on your part of the world? So this excludes April. So April is not in this basket in terms typically within Northern Illinois planting dates. But once you get into May, we do lose about a half a bushel approximately per day the farther out into May you go. Mm -hmm. One more, we're kind of Southern boundary for you. It falls about where 
Yeah, so the southern boundary is, um, we do go over by like Dwight area on the eastern side of the state, but um, really that 80 corridor is the southern edge of where we're at. So you two kind of are bumping yeah. in some areas that bump up against Crystal. Yep. So what, what about you guys? I mean, what do you feel like that loss per day is and then southern boundary for you guys? So I would say um, towards my northern northern part of my territories, yeah, that's it's probably similar to half a bushel a day, I would say. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, I don't have the numbers right here in front of me, but uh, of everything I've looked at, whether that's field data or plot data, because we've done trials on it, I would say that that's accurate. Now, there is a pocket, and it's really weird, um, but I just wanted to mention it because there are a few of my reps and customers who 100% do not believe in the early planting soybeans, and we've looked at data over data um, in this pocket, and that's on the southern edge of my um, territory, which would be straight east of Bloomington, close to the Indiana border, that we've planted stuff in late April and then also planted late May, early June. And it's been more variety specific as far as yield versus planting. So, so in that part of the world, not really seeing anything that you can track. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I, I would mirror uh, Cody and Crystal's comments of that half bushel is what I would expect to see. And from what we've seen from our breeders, that's that mirrored pretty closely as we got later into May. Um, my, my personal belief is there's a time to plant corn and, you know, that that's one thing I think areas typically get axle wrapped around this topic is I'm going to plant my beans first. And then we get into a window where all of a sudden it's April 25th yeah. grounds fit and people say, I'm going to plant my beans first. And if you call me, I'm going to say, Hey, go plant your corn. It's time yeah. to plant corn. So those are things that click in my head, but, uh, realistically, I, I mirror a lot of what Crystal and Cody so say. You're talking about a half bushel, and your southern line is kind of like my northern line. So yep. you're like that Carthage, just a little south of Carthage area. Yeah, Carthage to Bloomington, so, 136. So my part of the world, when we map that out, you know, I'm Carthage down to just north of Scott. So think about me being maybe 20 minutes south of Jerseyville, yeah. you know, maybe 30 minutes north of, of St. Louis, that kind of thing, draw a line across yeah. the state. If you had to look at the range on it, I can hit that half bushel per day loss. I can hit that quarter. I would say for me, it's running much more like a third of bushel per day is kind of what we tend to see in that span of the state. And I, I bring that up because, Scott, you brought up that for you, the story changes even more. It does. And so as we look at May, I would, I would kind of agree with that early planning, maybe through, through up through Memorial Day. I would say that third to half bushel per day. What I see happen after that is kind of probably kind of unique to Southern Illinois. It, it seems like from that point on, the environment and the weather pattern is going to drive our soybean yield regardless of planting date. So a great example of that's our double crop soybean planting behind wheat. Um, there, I have seen a lot of double crop soybeans. So these are being, being planted, let's say, from the 10th to 20th of June. Yeah. These, these beans making 60 to 65 bushel an acre. Wow. you know, planted in mid mid to late June. And, and that's all being driven by the weather. And I think part of that too is Southern Illinois, we're far enough south, you know, we don't lack sunshine. We're getting yeah. plenty of sunshine. We're getting plenty of heat. You know, it, you contrast that to where, you know, where, where Brad and, and Cody's at, you're you're 400 miles north. I mean, where you guys are at. But, you know, that's about 400 miles from Chicago to Cairo. Mm -hmm. That's a long way. Yeah. And, and we look at this soybean and maturity thing. So yeah, I think that we definitely see that in kind of through May, we, we see a little reduction, but man, we get into June, I, I've seen a lot of extremely, extremely good, good uh, soybean planted in June. 
our adjunct in the South is when it comes to the question of plant corn or plant beans is, is we feel like we have more to lose on late planted corn than we have to gain on early planted beans. So in that scenario, we'll recommend getting the corn in the ground, then switch to beans if you don't have the equipment or other manpower. Now, if you got both, let it rip, get the beans planted, but you got to make a choice. We'll pledge the corn. I think we got guilty a few years ago in my part of the world with talking so much about beans, the same kind of story. We we forgot to tell people plant early on corn matters. And right. I think for us and you guys, I, I know this is a bean discussion, but on the corn side here, I mean, what we seem to notice when we look at the data in our part of the world is later and later we go with corn. It's not that you can't still hit those high marks. It's that the lows are so much more lower. The range mm-hmm. that you wind up with, your risk increases whereas if I plant it earlier it tightens up that range and I have a lot more predictability in what I'm going to see yield wise I'm probably not going to bottom out nearly as low as the later planted stuff might go yeah one of the things I look at each year and this changes every year whether or not I recommend planting beans early or corn or whatever is I look at soil conditions I mean that's that's one of the first things I look at is whether or not it's fit and if things are extremely fit and the forecast looks really good you start to discuss whether or not you want to do corn or soybeans. And the reason is, is we all heard about cold injury, you know, herbicide injury that we run into with corn planting early. And one thing I've found with beans over time with us, some people pushing the line and, and going in March in an area that typically doesn't see any field work in March is that we've seen that if you can get that soybean into a soil that's 50 degrees and up for 12 hours, it can withstand a month in that soil a lot of times. I've seen a lot of fields planted just for the heck of it in March 20th, let's say, and them come up April 20th to later because they, they're they at risk of that cold injury. And that's kind of what has spurred some of this, you know, early, crazy early people saying, hey, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to push it because I can plant it in the mud. I don't have to worry about it covering up too much because it'll either snow, frost, or rain and close it up for me. Uh, and we start to see some of that boundary being pushed, which is good. But I think we've found kind of that front side of where we really need to be at because we run the risk of we typically see a warm up in early April or March. And, you know, a bean takes 100 to 130 GDUs to come up. And we've had some Aprils where we've gotten that 100 to 130 GDUs in a week. And we've been very close to having that frost event that second week of April and those beans be up. And and that's that's why I you know said earlier the single digits of April concern me. You're running risk of frost coming in and wiping some stuff out. Absolutely. So, so Crystal, maybe we can go around the room starting with you. But the idea then that the next question often becomes: So do I plant my earliest maturities first, or I plant my fuller season varieties first? So what what what's kind of second one? Five agronomists, five answers. <laughs> yeah, it depends. Is the overall answer right? No. Um, so for my area, and I was thinking about it too, when we were talking about the difference in environments from the northern edge of the state down to the southern tip, um, we also have a really wide range of maturities that we're all working with. So um, for my state line region, um, we have planted a 1-8, um, and then as you go farther um, south down into um, some of my other geographies down in like the Cal County area, um, we can run with like a 3-1. So within that 80 and north, we're typically, um, you know, a 3-5 or less. But 
typically for depending on the farmer's comfort zone and their own maturities and what they have as a mix, two eighths are pretty common. Um, but typically we'll have them plant their fullest maturity um, soybean early compared to um, their other later maturities. Yeah, I guess I would be next um, down the line moving south. I, 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 we line up with that. Our maturity range is typically, and I say typically because we do have some earlier than this, but usually it's like a 2.8 to about a 3.7 um, is about as, as, as deep as we go on maturity range. And, and usually anything from a, a 3.2 to that 3.7 is, is kind of what we're trying to push early just to capture a little bit more yield on the, the later maturity soybeans. Yeah, and, and I would be at anywhere from a 2.0 to a 4.2, so widespread there. Uh, but it, it really depends on the producer and, and my conversations with them. You know, if you're, if you're planting your early maturity soybeans early, you're opening up that window for them to produce those flowers longer, ideally, by doing that. But also on the full season side, you're also doing that. It just really depends on your risk management, where you want to harvest early, those types of things. So, um, you know, just, just looking at it across the board, I'm, I'm really indifferent on this topic. Yeah, I guess as far as my part of the world, again, West Central, Central Illinois, getting down to almost Route 16, just a little bit south of Route 16 territory. Um, you know, the range would be, geez, 2.8 to 4.2, but most of it clustering around probably just below mid threes to probably about 3.8, um, some 4.0. That's probably where a lot of the maturity falls for me. We're probably, because we're always in that battle, most of the conversations that we're having are circling around putting on as many nodes as possible to offset that natural, what is it? I think it's like two thirds of the pods actually abort, right? Flowers abort, pods abort. So trying to stay ahead of that battle, um, probably tend to talk a lot about, hey, if, if you're really trying to crank up yield, let's use that earlier planting, and I'll stress earlier rather than earliest, um, to go with our full season stuff, you know, you to... then Scott, you talked about um, the 2-0 battle bound in your part yeah. of the world. So it's a, if we take out that group two market, you know, and kind of focus on the rest of those acres outside of those areas, really we're in that 3-1 to 4-8 with really a big cluster hitting that 3-5 that to 4-5. So that is where just a big part of our maturity lands. Now, the one thing we, we do know, and it could just be, you know, we're that far south because of the heat, because of the sunlight we get. Um, we basically have to plant our early beans early. We know that for a fact that, you know, if we come out with a 3-2 and plant that thing on June 10th, it's going to come out of the ground blooming and it's, it's never going to get any height. So we, so we realize there's a penalty for taking those real early maturities and planting them too late. So with that said, we'll tip the lean to get our earlier beans planted first. But, you know, as Brad alluded to, Man, if you take a 4-8 and you plant that thing on May 1st, you've got a lot of time to make beans. You know, not only flour for pods, for grain fill, that entire yield building process lasts a long time. So there's something to be said for planting those fuller seed maturities early as well. It's just an interesting conversation for me. I mean, just, just to think about, you know, the span of the state north to south. You already talked a little bit about what that yield bump from earlier planting looks like, and you've seen it start out. For me, what feels higher than normal, getting down to that range I talked about, and then the season kind of muffing out some of that down yeah. in Scott's neck of the woods. And then talking about this unique battle, 
for earlier beans down in Scott's part of the of the country here. So I, just interesting, we covered quite a bit of geography here and probably really important for us to have gone through and had this conversation about just different bands throughout the state and what that management practice, best management practice looks like. So. But I think regardless of planting date, I just want to reiterate, we already kind of hit on this a little bit, and so not to um, over complicate it, but really that ideal environment, we get so many farmers that are so wrapped around, you know, or they just start twitching when they see the calendar coming along, and even if the conditions aren't quite what they need to be. Um, I did a study with one of, or one of my sales reps did a study here in DeKalb County this last year, and they did a four different planting dates for soybeans, April 12th, which was not good conditions at all for us, April 29th, which were average to below average conditions just because we were still pretty wet and cold at that point, then May 9th and May 23rd. And for us, the best stretch of following warming weather um, was that May 9th, and it um, beat out all the different planting dates that there were. So um, something that, you know, even as a local um, farmer or producer in an area, something maybe even if you wanted to dabble, if you are wondering if maybe it's time to go a little bit earlier with your soybeans, something that you could duplicate on your own operation. Yeah, and one thing we haven't even touched on is population changes as we go from early to late. And that's something I like to talk to people about because, you know, when you're putting them, especially pushing that early boundary of, you know, saying, hey, I'm going to plant 135 out there and you're plant April 1st and you already know you're putting it into a soil that's probably cool, wet, you're running into diseases, hopefully fully treated, uh, you know, you're going to run the risk of some culling happening. So I, I always encourage people to increase their populations by 5-10%, uh, maybe even more depending on the environment that's going in, especially in that early April. And then they can back down as they get to their natural populations towards the end of April, May, uh, for most of my geography in Western Illinois, and then crank it back up once you get about May 15th, go back up to 150, 160,000 or more, because uh, it's all a sunlight thing, just like Scott was talking about earlier. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I mean, it's, I see the same exact scenario that plays out as far as recommendations on populations and where we should be at based off of you know, early versus late. Just wondering, just a side conversation here again. Um, thinking about Scott's part of the world and selfishly thinking about some of my, some of my parts of the world that start to pretend like they're Southern Illinois <laughs> or parts of my world that goes up into Brad's part of the world that pretends like it's part of Missouri. Um, there's a, there's a part of the battle here too, that is getting ground covered quick to maintain moisture. Right. I mean, that's, right. that's another part of this beyond just trying to crank up node count doing something that gets ground covered quick, I'm sure is part of the other reason that we start having this earlier conversation from time to time. Yeah, that, you know, and the ground cover not only conserve moisture, but in our part of the world with such heavy weed pressure. Yeah. We all know that, you know, the best the best chemical going to a good crop canopy. Yep. So the idea that, you know, the sooner we can get canopy, the better the better we're control the, the palmer and the water hemp and things like that. And that's the other part that, you know, we've had some guys, you know, be a little reluctant to plant too early you know we, we throw beans out there last week april that's a long time to keep weeds out of the field um in and, and a time frame to where if you're throwing out your 
you know, your, your best pre's and things like that, um, that, you know, can't be sprayed post, obviously. A lot of those chemistries, you're asking them things to last a long, long time. Yeah. And, and a lot of times you're throwing them out there in a condition where the weeds you're trying to control won't even be germinating for another five to six weeks um, in, in the presence of water hemp or palmer or some things like that. So, yeah, definitely some, some local issues there as well on, on weed control and conserving soil moisture. This has been a big lifelong process for me. I can think back these 12 years ago, I would have never had an early bean conversation with people, right? Yeah. You know, and the world changed, frankly, because products like Alevo, right, came along that took away some of that SDS risk. Um, I, how much do you guys, this is me again, just honestly asking the group. Sometimes I have that conversation with a grower and they think I'm saying to be the first one out in the field in the neighborhood. I, I've had a lot of conversations with guys about just nudge it early. I'm, I'm not telling you to be the first one out, to be stupid early, like Brad would say. But I mean, just just bump bump it up a little bit and, and see if you get a benefit. I'd at least encourage you to do that. Have you guys had those kind of same conversations with people? Yeah, um, a lot and a lot of questions over the past couple of years, for me anyways, especially in my the northern part of my area and my, my Biggest suggestion is, well, why don't you try 40 acres, try 80 acres? I mean, don't try half the farm um, on early beans. But what I've found is if a guy tries 20 to 40 acres on something he normally wouldn't, I mean, the, the biggest thing is he learns a lot from it. And, I mean, I guess the second thing would be, in all reality, he really doesn't. I haven't been in a situation where he's lost a tremendous amount of gain. So, yes, we... Start small and then slowly get comfortable with it. Yeah, kind of the same thing we do. And, you know, and a lot of times, to, you know, to Matt's point, is we're not asking a guy to go a month sooner. Yeah. In a lot of cases, we're asking him to go from maybe Memorial Day to, hey, let's two weeks before that, let's try a field of beans. You know, we're just trying yeah. to bump 14, 20 days sometimes just to get a little bit better look. Not not trying to reinvent the wheel and start in February by no means, but just, just a little bit. I think you said it best, Matt, that like 10, 12 years ago into April was out of out of concept yeah. for a lot of this geography. And so uh, I still tell people, hey, if, if there's an April on your planting date, that's still considered early beans and even the, the single digits of May for a lot of us. Um, so I, I think just experimenting with it, understanding what fits your soils, what you can see with your treatment packages and your management can help guide you to what's what's deemed early. You know, I think. The biggest thing to remember is some of the numbers that were talked about earlier. Just every day that passes in May, you're losing. So, is there an opportunity to make sure we're 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 gaining? We're getting on the front side of that before we. Lose. I think the other interesting things happened over the last what I've seen 15, 20 years was just the the change in breeding and genetics. Yeah. Because if I look at 20 years ago, you know, we were planting a lot of Group Five beans in Southern Illinois, and today we're partly planting any. So that whole maturity group has shifted earlier, probably to the tune of almost a half a maturity group. You know, we're, we're probably down to an average now of a 4.0 to 4.1. Or 20 years ago, that was a 4.5 or 4.6. So I think, you know, as we look at these group three beans coming south, traditionally there was that a lot of northern bias to them. You know, definitely the genetics uh, have changed and allowed us to, to push early maturity south uh, in the environment that traditionally they, they didn't like very well. 
definitely different than breeding genetics and as long as with the defensive traits yeah. of SDS and, and things like that yeah. and the seed treatment. Yeah. Absolutely. Any other comments, I guess, on early planted soybeans before we maybe turn over to any other comments on early planted corn? I guess, uh, I mean, it's already been said, but I, I would want to reiterate again. I mean, I think it, you can, and I think someone said it here, but you can take more risk with soybean population, losing some soybean population as opposed to corn. You don't want corn to have a bad day. So I think when the conditions are ideal, so it always seems like for us, April 24th timeframe, the conditions always line up perfect. And I still think you have a five-day wonderful window of corn planting weather. We still have to concentrate on that. I think Cody brings up a great point about the population thing on corn. You know, you, you can lose 20% of an early planted soybean stand and, that's, and you end up with 90,000 and still make yield. Yeah. You lose 20 or 25% of a corn stand and it's a it's all close to a replant scenario. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's a huge difference. Yeah, especially when you're planting in early April. You look right. at all the tables, every research that's done, if you lose that many early, you have the opportunity to make up for it if you were to replant. So corn corn's a different beast altogether than what we see out of soybeans. And you know, I I I've always told people plant by the soil, not the calendar. And and I think if if you get your soil right, you do everything right. It's, it's, it's tougher to mess up some of those things. And alluding to that corn planting date, you know, this, as we look back at 2021 for us, this is probably the first year in the last 15 to 18, we've actually had June corn out yielding some of our April corn. You know, so that, that inversion that happened, that, that happens once every 15, 20 yeah. years, and 21 was that year. Yeah. Uh, not something we expect every year. But. You know, another whole layer to this that I think Crystal was mentioning talking about corn just a little bit here, but the other factor I, I keep thinking about here is just how difficult it is to get a crop planted in the state of Illinois. I mean, geez, especially corn to find days that we can drop corn in the ground. I think that goes back to a point we made earlier about keeping our eye on corn as well, because what corn gets laid in, boy, it, the bottom can drop really easy. You can run into some real heat, arid, droughty stress that can take a lot out of you. Absolutely. I think that's, you know, you, you keep your keep your eyes on beans for a little bit, but you need to keep your finger on corn and the fact that it, there's a certain date where, you know, the text needs to come out from reps, whoever, field agronomists saying, hey, it's time to plant corn because we can get so hyper focused all year planting through the winter saying, hey, I'm going to plant my beans first. And then Matt, you know, I mean, we've we've been in a lot of situations where all of a sudden it's the last week of April and you haven't turned a wheel. But you got the bean plates in and you're saying, hey, I'm planting beans first. And, you, you know, sure, maybe go plant the one day it's borderline beans, but you need to switch to corn as soon as it's fit. Brad has like the great, like quickly encapsulating the whole conversation <laughs> points, right? <laughs> don't plant early. Don't plant early, but not stupid. Early. <laughs> and then he has the whole keep your eye on, on beans, but finger on corn. That's a great line. That's really good. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Western Illinois. No. Awesome. <laughs> I think those are excellent points. And even as I think about for corn planting dates, um, just like Brad had said, you know, really trying to make sure it's fit and don't lose sight of that um, corn planting date when or early corn planted versus beans. 
um, and I think is a problem probably more so exclusive to northern Illinois, is we worry when we get a later and later planting date for corn, um, we worry about frost concerns in the fall, um, depending on how far or how late of a maturity you'd be pushing. So um, there's been a few years in my career with Pioneer that we um, had some pretty late planting dates. I'm thinking back to 2019 when it was that pretty wet year, and um, we just pull out those GDUs for physiological maturity and really crunching the numbers of what's an average year. And so really by planting earlier for on that corn, but um, not stupid, like we've said before, uh, we can really avoid some of those headaches of trying to see what Mother Nature might throw at us. And for our part of the world, I mean, southern two-thirds of the state battle so much trying to get a crop out. When At a period of time, we think that it will hit, hit reproduction and not run into just the bottom dropping out on, on rainfall and temperature going through the roof. Um, but boy, so much of that battle down here for early planted actually tilts that way. Absolutely. All right. Anything else for planting dates for our listeners? Plan early, but not stupid. That's it. <laughs> uh, no, thank you guys for listening here today. We really appreciate it. Um, again, this is a Pioneer Agronomy podcast where we keep you one step ahead of local agronomy issues throughout Illinois. If you have any questions or comments or even feedback, let us know and contact your local Pioneer um, sales representatives um, for any comments and questions and such. But please go ahead and rate and subscribe and share with a friend even if you have the chance. So thank you. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode from the Pioneer Agronomy Team. Be sure to visit pioneer.com backslash podcasts to access additional episodes and learn more about our extensive on-farm data and innovative digital tools that are fueling forward-thinking farming.